Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. One more day till the early signing period for Penn State football. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Today on the BWI Daily Edition, like we've been doing the past week and a half or so, we are going to have a T. Frank's film room as part of the BWI Daily Edition. And just as a side note, all of these are going to be released individually as their own videos on signing day. So if you're wanting to rewatch Drew Aller or Bo Perbula or some of the ones that we've done previously, you can find those on our Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. And starting tomorrow, we'll have all of those up there that we've done here on the show. Today, we will have Drew Shelton, another big-time prospect for Penn State football in the class of 2022. Get to that in a little bit, but right now, I want to bring in Greg Pickle of Blue White Illustrated to talk to us about some of the news and notes going on today because it was an active day, somewhat, for Penn State football with players leaving the roster. Greg, can uh, first off, good afternoon. Can you give us an update on what's going on with Penn State football? Yeah, good to be here with you, T. Frank, as we have one more sleep until National Signing Day. But nobody's yeah, sleeping. Know, well, no, right. don't lie. No one's sleeping. <laughs> that is correct. But no, look, I mean, as we all know, this time of year is generally dominated by recruiting news and signing day news. And we'll hear from Penn State coaches later this week and maybe players. I'm not sure as they get ready for the Outback Bowl. But the two things you worry about most this time of year are keeping your commits and then seeing what roster movement you're going to have. Some guys will wait until after the bowl game. Some guys want to get into the transfer portal and start their look for a new home as soon as finals are over. And then other guys are just trying to figure out what to do next. 
uh, whether it's stay, go, or what have you. So obviously the big news to start the week was Taquan Roberson, the uh, third-string quarterback by the time this season was said and done, entering the transfer portal. And then on Tuesday morning, uh, we learned that Norville Black, the one-time Lackawanna uh, receiver who transferred into the Penn State program, uh, and I don't believe ever took a snap for the Nittany Lions. He's no longer on the roster. Haven't seen him pop into the transfer portal yet, but it seems like that's an obvious next step. Time will tell, but... Yeah, it's again, you know, it, it's not the world's not ending when yeah. guys go into the transfer portal. It happens more so than ever before, of course, which the way the NCAA rules work. But, you know, you're going to have this happen every offseason. Again, some guys are going to wait. Some guys are going to do it before the bowl game. So for Penn State, uh, you know, obviously they'll see if anybody else jumps in or decides not to travel to the Outback Bowl between now and then. And we'll see where things go from there. What do you think is the ideal time frame for Penn State in particular? The the player it might determine what they want, but for Penn State and their and their numbers and bookkeeping purposes, because I know they've been pursuing some guys outside of the class that they're about to sign tomorrow. Do they know these things, do you think? And and what would be ideal for them in terms of knowing when and how for the program? Yeah, I mean, I would just say this, you know, they either know these things or have a pretty good feel about where these things are going to go long before they ever hit the public sphere. You know, the best right. one we could always point to, this is not portal related, of course, this is injury related, but how many times did James Franklin and Brent Pry say back in August that, hey, look, you guys are just finding about, out about Adisa Isaac being uh, unable to play this year now. We've been planning it for it for a number of weeks and months. So it's the same thing with the portal, same things with roster movement. Some guys will surprise you, but for the most part, I mean, look, if you're a Penn State fan listening to this, you probably assume that Taquan Roberson would end up in the transfer portal at some point. That was no shock. That was no surprise. Uh, with Norville Black, he's one of the guys, and, you know, uh, we don't like to speculate who could go, who could not. It doesn't feel fair. At least I don't think it feels fair to the player to right. speculate, well, he hasn't played or he doesn't have a role or he's not going to have a role, you know, because guys can improve and it can look pretty bad down the road if you're wrong about those things, number one. And then number two, I just don't think it's fair to the player to kind of label him as a guy that can never contribute here. At the same time, I think anyone who follows this team as closely as we do and those who are listening do know that when it comes time for offseason decisions to be made, some guys will say, I don't know where I stand on this depth chart that's going to get me on the field. I need to go find somewhere else if I want to do that. So, you know, in terms of Penn State knowing, again, they know more than we do before we do, often case long before we do. So they're planning for these things all the time. Um, of course, you would rather a guy finish out the bowl season and then head on his respective way, but there's not a whole lot of time between the end of the bowl game and the start of the spring semester. So if you're ready to make a move, you might want to use as much time as you can. Now, keep in mind, we are in a dead period. That applies to college players, too, not just recruits. So they cannot go visit campus, but they can certainly start getting things in order to do that once that's allowed again in mid-January. Okay, one second. Don't ask Greg who's going to transfer. That was actually my next question, so thank you for heading me off of the pass. Okay, so here's a better question then when it comes to uh, maybe not who's going to leave, but what do you think Penn State should target in the transfer portal as far as positional need based yeah. on your view of the roster and how things you think are going to shape out without naming names or any of those things? 
Well, I just think when you look at the roster overall, there are positions where you see who, you know, guys could go to the NFL. Guys could decide to transfer because they're not going to contribute to Penn State or at least not as much as they'd want to. And then guys came in and it was known by everyone that they weren't going to be ready to play in one year, maybe even two. And maybe some are getting toward the third year and they are getting ready to contribute. Maybe some guys aren't. We'll see how things progress during the winter and in the spring. But for me, T. Frank, the position is the watch, a receiver. Offense and defensive line, linebacker and safety. And at this point, Penn State is looking at some guys at all of those positions. You know, the only offer out there right now as we know of is to a Cornell offensive lineman. You know, it's not going to throw many that another Ivy League guy is potentially in line to come to Penn State. He wasn't all Ivy League pick, though. His name escapes me, but I'll look it up here in a second. But, you know, they did offer the UNLV linebacker who last week decided he was going to commit to uh, Michigan State and the Spartans are again doing well in the portal just like they did last offseason. So time will tell how this works out for Penn State. I would expect that they are going to be able to point to the success of Arnold Ebikidi and Derek Tangelo when they're recruiting a defensive lineman and the same goes for Eric Wilson on offensive line and say, look, uh, these guys came here from not as big schools and they got to play on the big 10 stage and they just didn't play. They played a lot and they became starters. And I think that that is going to be a tremendous selling point for Penn state as they go through the off season here, trying to add some current college players in addition, of course, to the ones they're going to sign on signing day. And I think that's a, that's an important point to make too about Eric Wilson in particular, because it's not like Eric Wilson was uh, from his perspective, he got to play and I thought he played reasonably well for most of the time. He has some limitations. Sure, but that was a guy that came in and absolutely magnum, uh, maximized his potential at the Penn right. State football stage. Um, are there any guys that you're looking at that might change the math at some of those positions in this 22 class that you think uh, have an outside shot to be contributors, maybe not starters, but contributors early in their career that might make some of those positions you talked about a little bit easier to manage if you don't get somebody in the portal? Yeah, I think KJ Winston's a guy to keep a close eye on. Ryan Snyder is very bullish on his potential as an instant impact guy in the secondary. You are as well. So I think he's the biggest one to watch. But you know what? If Jair Brown comes back there, which we're going to have to wait and see what he decides to do. But Penn State feels really good about Jalen Reed and Zaki Wheatley in the secondary at safety uh, in particular. So, of course, numbers are hurting there, though. You know, that's no secret to anyone, I don't think, that they don't have the greatest numbers at safety, which is why they'd love to find at least one guy to be able to potentially come in, I think, and at least provide a veteran presence there, maybe start, maybe not. But, you know, that's one spot to really keep a close eye on, even though I do think we're going to see some younger guys play. We're probably going to need to see some, uh, you know, at least one guy join that Penn State roster in the secondary and in safety in particular to kind of fill out that position room for Anthony Poindexter. And then at linebacker, you know, I don't believe Ellis Brooks will be coming back. We don't know what Brandon Smith is going to do, but your numbers aren't exactly wonderful at that spot either. I think they need at least one, maybe two. I like Abdul Carter. I like Keon Wiley. Two guys Penn State will sign in the class of 2022 on Wednesday. But I think they could be guys who play in year one, T. Frank. I'm not sure I'd want to need them to be ready to play at Purdue in the opener in 2022. Especially – 
Well, Especially a linebacker. Uh, I, I'm sorry, but linebacker is really hard. It's it's not right. that it's not football isn't hard, but that position has so many responsibilities that having one of those guys, especially Keon Wiley, who's playing defensive end, uh, you know, who's right. not a full time linebacker at the high school level, that would be very hard. One last question about the class of 2022. There was some news today. Give us the information uh, that you just put up at bluewhiteillustrated.com, which, by the way, you can sign up for just $1 and get 12 months of access to all of this inside information from Greg Pickle, Ryan Snyder, Nate Bauer, Dave Eckert, and, of course, I contribute some at the site myself. So what did you uh, learn today, and what are the things going on with Penn State's, one of their top recruits? Yeah, so Nick Singleton was named, named the Gatorade National Player, uh, Football Player of the Year on Tuesday. That comes a week after he was named a Gatorade PA Player of the Year. Just a tremendous season for him. The Governor Mifflin recruit is considered one of the best players, regardless of position in this class, and one of the top players in the country uh, at his position. So when we talk about the possibility of somebody coming in and playing early, T. Frank, we know what that Penn State running back room is like. He didn't need the Gatorade National Football Player of the Year award to make him a, a guy who could be an instant impact contributor or to turn that light bulb on for anybody. But by my count, he's the first Penn State commit to ever win that honor. So it's a pretty cool bit of history for him. And he has every chance in the world to become a major freshman impact contributor for the Nittany Lions in 2022. And if you want to check out his uh, T. Frank's film room, that's over at Blue White uh, Illustrated on YouTube. So if you're watching that here, just hop on over to our Penn State football recruiting feed. Scroll back a little bit. It came out uh, this, uh, I want to say it was July. So make sure you check that out. Greg Pickle, our intrepid reporter. And I'm always going to use the word intrepid now in front of your name. Greg, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, T. Frank. We'll talk soon. So this recruiting class, I think it's really important to point out when you talk about the transfer portal, the tackle position, as Greg mentioned, because... Uh, that is a hard position to play early. If you want to have one of these guys step in, you're asking for some issues along that particular position. And tackle is the position that Penn State has struggled to find over time. They have a lot of really high-quality guard prospects and interior players that have come through Penn State over the last couple of years. But since 2018, they really have not had a top 100 or 200 ranked tackle come into the program. So you need to go find those guys. That's where the transfer portal has to help you out if you've missed on that. And that's going to be a critical thing for them to find over the next couple of months, especially if Rasheed Walker moves on. Because in my estimation, and I've said this a couple of times, I think Caden Wallace is playing out of position. I don't believe he's necessarily their answer 1A at right tackle. It's just their best offensive lineman who could handle that position. Now, I could be wrong. I haven't It's asked Phil Troutwine specifically, but that's just my estimation of what I've seen on film. Speaking of tackles, help is on the way. And coming up next on T. Frank's Film Room, we have Drew Shelton, the superstar tackle from Downingtown West. Stay tuned on the BWI Daily Edition. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Penn State football is desperate for offensive linemen, and more specifically, 
offensive tackles. And that's why we're taking a look at Drew Shelton, commit for the class of 2022 for Penn State football on today's T. Frank's Film Room. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr, and Penn State has been after Drew Shelton for a long time now. If you had followed Blue White Illustrated's coverage of recruiting, you've seen me break down his film going all the way back to, I think, his sophomore season. So he accepted an offer from Penn State early on and has been pursued for quite a while. And when we get into the film, you'll see exactly why. I'm super excited to talk to you about Drew Shelton's game because he makes me feel smart about the things that I'm looking for in a football player. But first, let's introduce you to the prospect himself. This is Drew Shelton, on three national 225th player in the nation, 18th overall offensive tackle, sixth uh, player in the state of Pennsylvania. And by the way, so we've been going over these numbers uh, on a lot of these film rooms. That is the on three ranking. There is the on three consensus as well, which takes into account every recruiting service and then gives an average of all of those evenly weighted. So with that in mind, if you ever want to see those things, uh, you can go to on3.com, check out the database. It's uh, really, really cool, and it just got started. It's being grown and developed as we speak. But on that particular on3 consensus, he's the 128th player in the nation. He's the seventh best tackle in the nation and uh, the third player in the state of Pennsylvania. So a little bit of a difference there, but with that on3 consensus, you get a good uh, broad sense of how good Drew Shelton is. And I wanted to give you that because a couple of guys we've talked about have top 100, top 125 profiles in that, but they're slightly lower in the on three database. So Drew Shelton, and the reason I like him and the reason that he is a really uh, highly thought of offensive line prospect is because he has a complete game physically. Um, if you've listened to me or if you've read any of what I do for Blue White Illustrated, I'm really, really, really all about flexibility and mobility in football players because if you're stiff, eventually someone's going to expose you as an athlete. You can have a really good profile as a fast, linear football player, but football is played in every single direction, especially along the offensive line. If you can't get to players on the second level and you keep whiffing, that's a part of the Penn State problem in the run game, that's going to show up because you're not agile enough, you're not mobile enough, to go get those football players on the second level. And Drew Shelton, whoo, buddy, his pad level is some of the best I've ever seen. He is, and again, when I say a complete football player, I mean there are no weaknesses in his athletic profile, in my opinion. Look at this right here. Look at that. I'm going to roll this back again because I want to watch that again. Watch his first step. Forward, not up. And drives, gets underneath the pad level, and pushes players out of the way. That is how you develop pad level. Look at this right here. This is a great uh, all-22 view of what he's able to do. Look how flat his back is. And it's not that he's rolling down into it. It's not that he has some sort of cheat code to get there where he's stiff in some area. He is a flexible athlete throughout his frame. Because look at his hips. They're even. They're square and they're forward. They're not rotated down. They're not up. He's not crouching. He's just, that's what you want. That's exactly what you want from a football player to look like for an offensive lineman. And look at the results. That is what you get with good pad level. You get drive blocking. And again, here is a defender. Look at where his pads are compared to players that are shorter than he is. Six, four and a half. 275 pounds, and he's lower than his opponents who are not nearly that big. This is the building block of an elite football player along the offensive line. 
you, you this is the hardest thing for big players to master outside of the speed and agility necessary to play those positions. Again, look at this. It's just it's it's over and over again. Textbook. Look where he is. This is a a lot of people call this an athletic position. I call this a predatory position because look at him. He looks like an animal springing on its prey. And that is what the running back is in this situation. Bang, into the backfield on his own play. He's able to get the tackle for loss. Impact play as a defender. I think based on that, I would I would recruit him as a defensive tackle too. You know, he's got the profile. He's got the size and the strength to be a difference maker along either line. Penn State, they see him as a tackle, and I totally understand why because of that pad level and that drive. When you have those things, and he has, and I'll show you here in a second, really, really well-developed natural strength. Not the biggest guy in the world, only 275. But the way he moves people off the ball is exemplary. Again, low pad level. Look at it. I could use these as the example of his pad level. But the effect of it is he gets lower than smaller people and drives them into the back. Here's a man, here's straight man blocking. He's got to put this guy into the end zone. And he puts this guy in the end zone on his back. I actually got a little bored watching him just destroy kids at the high school football level because it's all the same. It's all him with great technique, walking over people. Low pad level, man. I love this. Drive blocking, combo blocking, zone blocking, anything you want from him, Drew Shelton can do. Watch him on this one. This is uh, able to combo block, get to the linebacker on the second level. High school athletes, yes, but the technique he's using here is what we're looking at. The ability to repeat it time and time again. He's a well-schooled run blocker, and that is a hard thing to find. And one thing, as you may have noticed, Penn State struggled to develop amongst the guys that they're the athletes they've recruited and tried to instill all of that in. If there's one theme, and, and we're going to be talking a little about the other players in this class, and I, I usually try to keep these particular conversations about just the athlete we're talking about, but it's a larger context for Penn State football. The guys that they have recruited previously have not had this profile of a dominant run blocker. Sure, they may have been flexible. Sure, they may have had that low pad level, but what do they do with it? None of them had the nastiness, the tenacity, the drive, and and just mean. Drew Shelton is a mean offensive lineman, and that sort of thing is going to get him very far at the next level. On top of the fact that I said he's a complete athlete. There's no sort of athleticism he lacks as an offensive lineman, and that's where I get excited. When you see that pad level, you see the power he has, and then his ability to go out and get in space. This is a pull block on a pin and pull where he's getting out in space. And watch this. He gets the first guy, sure. Then he gets another guy, and we'll just watch him run. I just like watching linemen run. And when you can do that as an offensive lineman, you are a rare, rare player. Again, here he, he is out in space leading the play. Now, this target is a small moving target for him, and he hits it. The running back doesn't make a big play, but he makes a play. Here he is, uh, defensive end being read by the quarterback. He's in space. He's got to make a decision, and he collapses and gets the tackle for loss on a read option. That's the sort of skill you have with Drew Shelton. And then here's just a conventional block on the second level. How nice is that to look at, Penn State football fans? I'll even give it to you again. Watch that. Linebacker, second level, he kicks them out. Great job. Here again, another second level block, the quickness to get there, and then the ability to hit and drive out of the play. Everything you're looking for, right there. 
Next thing is, and this is, again, what we talked about quarterbacks and their issues of playing in certain systems in high school, Downingtown plays a field system where he's always on the field side. So he flips between right tackle and left tackle. They run a run heavy, 90% run, I'd say. So it's hard finding really good examples of his pass protection. And if there's one area where I do have questions, it's not... I showed you the athleticism. It's not about the athleticism. It's just about what's his technique? What's the what's the learning curve going to be like for him at the next level? So here's an example of what I don't think is going to translate is as a pass blocker, you're not going to be throwing guys into the ground. This might be on a slide block where he doesn't have anyone to block, and then he goes and attacks his guy. So that part, I think, is is not really translatable of a player who's playing pass protection like a, like a uh, like a, like a run blocker. And in this situation, I want to show you this one again. This defensive end he's playing against is probably 5'8". So really great job of low pad level, but he's basically crouching to block him. And I, this isn't translatable. A lot of these things you aren't going to see going forward. This one is almost the, the closest we're going to find here of translatable pass protection skills and I think just from a technique point he's a little loopy he doesn't have really great uh, I'd say sharp pass protection he doesn't have that typewriter look with his feet a little bit loopy a little bit lopy he's never in trouble he's never beaten it's just about what is he gonna have to work on at the next level but with that level of athleticism dedication tenacity there's nothing you don't there's nothing missing the only question is going to be and again, I bring up the other players in the class of 2022 20, uh, as a reference. Of all of the tackle prospects that are listed as tackles, he is 6'4 and a half. That is below the acceptable threshold traditionally of a tackle prospect. So is he a left tackle? Is he a guard? He's going to be good either way, but the question then becomes, do the other guys rise to the level of kicking him inside? Uh, some of the players like uh, Malik McDeal or Andre Roy, they're still trying to add more tackles over time in this class. Do any of those guys force him to the interior, or is he the best left tackle of this group? From an athletic profile, and even from a length, he's got long arms for his frame, so I'm not necessarily concerned with that. It's just, do you have anything better or more ideal? You're going to have a hard time finding that, but long-term with his, his future potential, Probably, if, you, if you're projecting him beyond college into the next level, his best-case scenario, a little bit like Ryan Bates previously at Penn State, he's going to play tackle in college, but he might have to kick inside at guard at, at the NFL level. But, of course, we're getting ahead of ourselves, and I can't help that when I see a truly elite athlete is then projecting way beyond what's reasonable. But for right now, Drew Shelton, phenomenal offensive tackle prospect for Penn State football. They got a real one in Shelton, and it'll just be a question of how quickly can he get up from 275 to 285 or 95 and be able to contribute from that particular standpoint, because he's not going to dominate everybody at the at the college level the way he did at the high school level. Mass is going to matter. He's got the natural strength. He's got the natural run blocking itch. Now it is all about how much good weight can he pack on that frame? And what is his upper ceiling when it comes to that physical potential? Which, if it's based on anything I've seen so far, his growth development pattern, I think it's pretty good. 
That'll do it today for Drew Shelton and his film eval in T. Frank's Film Room. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Make sure you subscribe to the Blue White Illustrated YouTube page so you don't miss any more Penn State prospects as they commit into the class of 2022 and beyond. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.